When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This is the D-Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series ALDS Game 4 Instant Reaction. Red Sox win 6-5, and they win the series as well, three games to one, and that puts an end to the 100-win Rays a lot earlier than I think anybody uh, you know would have expected, um, but it is what it is. Uh, two-man pod tonight. It's myself, Brett Rutherford, and I'm joined by his first appearance on the playoff podcast series. I don't know if you did one last year or not, uh, <laughs> but Jared Ward, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Uh, yeah, I was on, one. I think, one of the, the Game 5 ALDS of last year, where I think it was the whole mass that we were all freaking out, but uh, first time this year. Bittersweet, or bitter, really. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely bitter. Um and I don't really know where to start because I think a lot, you know, we could take some, we could, we could talk about the season as a whole. We could talk about um, tonight's game or the series. Um, but ultimately like I'll, I'll, I'll just start, I'll throw out my take. I mean, I think in a five game series, we know going in, there's just so much variance, you know, you, the best team doesn't always win. And I'm not saying that the Rays were definitively a better team than the Red Sox. I'm not going to come out here and, and make excuses. I think the Red Sox were very deserving of a win. They had 12 hits tonight and a boatload of hits in the first three games um, and end up, you know, winning one game really comfortably and pit played and pitched very well in two other games that they were able to sneak out close. Uh, and, t- and tonight they, they win by a run, but ultimately I'm at peace with this ending. I think the way the game was going early on, I was very, I was more heartbroken then than when I was at the end of the game. Jared. Yeah, you know, for the first five innings, we were down uh, five, five to one, really. And so once we once the Red Sox went up five in the in the third inning, it was like, okay, season is done. Let me work through my emotions of sad and angry and uh, things like that. And then we get a sacrifice fly, and then Wander Franco hits <laughs> two run home run. <laughs> then all of a sudden, we're I was like, okay, now now we're now we can get into it. Um, and then uh, in the, in the, in the seventh score, two more runs. And now it's a tie game uh, with a runner on, I think it was a runner on second with uh, nobody out. Um, so a chance to take the lead. Um, but you know, it's, it didn't happen. We have big bats come up in big spots and uh, all series. And they unfortunately didn't deliver. And I know there's um, some, questions about uh some managerial decisions and some decisions this game uh that we can certainly uh, walk through 
Yeah, I, I think there are some questions to be had of, of Kevin Cash, as always. You know, I always, you know, criticize him. Even if I find myself agreeing with him, I think, okay, wait a second. Was that necessarily the best move? And we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Let, let's go ahead and start with the, uh, the the start of the game. Colin McHugh gets the start, goes two shutout innings. Then the move is to go to Shane McClanahan, mm-hmm. who was going to be pitching on short rest. He didn't start. That I guess that was the decision that was made, but Cash said that that was, he said after the game, he was expected expecting Shane to pitch the bulk of the innings, whether that be two plus, three, four, who knows. And Shane just didn't have it. And I don't know if it was because he was coming out of the bullpen. I know he did that in last year's postseason. I don't know if it was, it was on short rest or the Red Sox just have a really damn good lineup. Um. But he gave up five run runs on five hits and mm-hmm. was shelled. And my take on that is Shane McClanahan was your best pitcher, your best starting pitcher. And if he's not getting it done, I'm not going to be upset about it. You know, it's, it's yeah. not like they put out Michael Walker in a big game, in a big right. situation. He gave up five. If, if Shane couldn't get it done, then it didn't really matter at all. And, you know, this we all had our we were all excited about having three rookies start the series but we uh, you know some of us were nervous about having three rookies start this series with uh, McClanahan, Boz and Rasmussen um but you know and I agree with you McClanahan's your best shot at this point I don't think you're going to throw uh you know Rasmussen at back to back I don't think you're going to mm-hmm. throw Boz in a really uncomfortable situation he's your most most trusted, most trusted starter, but I think the uh, race pitching um, weaknesses were really exposed and just their depth, really, to not have um, the, the pieces to, to, to get it done. But I do agree with you that I think McClanahan was our best option at that point. Sure, you could have, you know, in hindsight, I guess, pieced the bullpen together, but then you're trusting McClanahan towards the back end if you get back into it. Um, so I think either way, I think either way, we were seeing McClanahan at some point in this game. Yeah, my only thought is if you know McClanahan's throwing, because initially Cash had said that he was unavailable. We knew that that was probably not true. Uh, then he says, "Well, he is available as an option," and then it turns out the plan was to use him to pitch the bulk of the innings for a guy like McClanahan, who has now been a starter for the whole season in a really damn good one. I'm thinking it might have been best for him to start this game. And again, it could have went the same exact way as it did with mm-hmm. him coming out of the bullpen. But I do, I do believe for a lot of these pitchers, there is a level of comfortability with starting. And that's not a knock on like using an opener or anything. This, this wasn't that McHugh was the starting pitcher. We knew he wasn't going to go more than two, maybe three. Uh, but I, I think getting Shane comfortable would have been the most important thing for this game. Yeah, and the only thing I can think of to not to not start Shane is just not giving that advantage to the Red right. Sox of, sta- yeah. of stacking right-handers. Um, and then with McHugh, you know, you know McHugh is going to come out at some point. And you don't know who's coming in after that, so it leaves it a little bit up to a guessing game. But I do wonder with Shane having so much sec- success starting, um, you know, mm-hmm. that definitely could have. Could have been an option, and it could have gone. It could have gone the same way. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it would have gone better, but it could have gone uh, the same way. But we'll we'll never know. You know, it's always a, a baseball is. I feel like a game of what ifs, <laughs> especially for this series. Before we get into, I mean, 
let's go over this game and then we can kind of talk about the season as a whole in this series. Um, I mean, obviously you got what you got out of Andrew Kittredge. Mm-hmm. I thought Luis Patino looked really good. Fleming got an out. Um, Pete Fairbanks, even though he didn't record a strikeout, looked incredible. He really did. Painting both corners with the fastball. And then J.P. Fireisen, who I don't think anybody would want him in that situation at the bottom of the ninth. But game four, we've used a lot of pitchers. There weren't really many other options. I, th- I was going to say, who's who's the the other option outside of that? Boz? <laughs> Waka? I mean, and, and Boz is probably getting ready to start a game <laughs> yeah, five. Yeah, like, yeah, Boz is yeah. probably getting the ball to, uh, to um, what would have been Wednesday if they had won this game. Boz or Waka. I'm okay with that. And then the, the other... In 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 Fire Eisen didn't get lit up or anything like no, and I think I think the fly. box I think I think the box score really doesn't paint the full picture because it was a misgrounder by Yandi and it was a hard it was a hard hit ball and I, I'm sure it was a tough play but hits the glove goes into the outfield and then the throw by Yandi to Choi that gets bounced in and Choi can't hold on to it he does a great job of smothering it tough play for uh, Choi at first puts you know runners on first and second with only or I'm sorry first and uh, yeah, first and third with only uh, one out at that point. So um, it's it, it's tough for for uh, Fire Eisen, but um, I don't think he did a, a, a bad job, uh, really. Yeah, Arroyo bunch Vasquez over, mm-hmm. um, and then they end up on a on a dribbler slow roller. I know some people were wondering why Joey Wendell wasn't in the game for Yandy Diaz. Mm-hmm. To those people, I say, have you ever seen Joey Wendell throw a baseball to G-Man <laughs> Troy? It usually doesn't go well. It's like last postseason, I think I think that's why G-Man's been injured the whole year, uh, his legs, uh, because he was stretching and jumping to catch Joey Wendell's throws. Yandy Diaz is a – Joey Wendell's a great defensive third baseman. Yandy Diaz is not a liability in, in the field. He's played great. He's got a great arm. Um, that throw was a tough throw on a tough play. G-Man knocked it down, did everything he did to prevent the winning run from scoring on that play. Um, and ultimately, you know, then the, 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 they end up uh, moving the guy to second and they get the sack fly to, to win the game. There was questions of whether or not Kike Hernandez should have been walked. The guy didn't advance to second until you had him a one. So walking a guy with an a one count. I don't know, Jared, what, what would you have done if, if you were Kevin Cash? I think the in Kevin Cash's mind, the run is scoring whether the, the bases are like if, if it's a sack fly. If the bases are loaded, the run's scoring no matter what. And if, I guess you could play double play ball and hope for a ground ball pitcher, but mm-hmm. or ground ball pitch um, to to make the double play. But that you're also facing Rafael Devers, who hit a three run home run earlier in the game. Right. So it's Their best kind of, hitter. It, right. It's kind of pick pick your poison uh, facing Kike Hernandez or facing Rafael Devers, who's just been you know, on fire. Both of them really have been on fire this this whole series. Yeah, and I know Kike Hernandez has been their hottest hitter for the last four games or three games, really. I don't think he got a hit at the trop in game one. Mm-hmm. But Rafael Devers is their best hitter. Yeah. And I know he was working through injury, but all you have to do is see the ball that he parked off of Shane McClanahan against a fastball from a left-handed pitcher, which he mm-hmm. literally never does. Like, I don't think he had done it in a long time. Um, it, once he hit that, I think whatever he was working through with that wrist, maybe he had to tweak his swing a little bit. He had worked through it. Hernandez is still the guy you'd rather face. You've already got one strike on him. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, 
maybe the right move is to walk him. I think these are minuscule decisions, yeah, which and, still and, deserve criticism because yeah. that's what happens in the postseason. These we're playing within the margins here. And I, and I think again, it's kind of that pick your pick your poison of do you want to face Devers who you know hit a three run home run off you against and lefty Devers off a right handed fire Eisen or do you you know play those matchups of, of against Kike Hernandez who's been hot but um hasn't been the hottest hitter over the over the full season um yeah I I think it's again minuscule details the bases loaded with one out or somebody's still on third so i think that that run is still scoring no matter what but um yeah i think that it yeah Uh, after last night so so last night you have um i I know i know danny and jamal talked a lot about it but that play in the 13th inning ball bounces off of hunter renfro's thigh and maybe cost the raise the game we'll never know Uh, just a weird play uh, once in a, in a in a lifetime play, maybe I don't know if we'll ever see a play like that, quite like that, in that situation. One, because they'll, they'll probably change the rule this off season. Uh, but two, it was just a weird wonky play. You lose in thirteen innings tonight. It was going to feel real bad after that five run third. If if it had gotten ugly um, at Fenway Park, we could feel the momentum building. Once they got to five five, and let me preface this by saying, obviously. Obviously, I wanted the Rays to win. Uh, once it got to 5-5, at that point, with all the excitement in the series, going back to game one, which feels like it was weeks ago, uh, but going back to game one, uh, this was an incredible series. I didn't enjoy watching it in real time uh, because it was it, it, it was extremely frustrating, nerve-wracking. The Rays had a lot of frustrating at-bats. It seems like the Red Sox were hitting everything. Bad breaks. Ron Culpa tonight was just it, it, horrible to watch him call balls and strikes. He had a terrible game. I'm really interested to see that umpire scorecard. Um, but you have the moment like last night in the 13th, both sides. You have the Kevin Kiermeyer throw. You had Randy Rosarena going back to game one. He stole home, hit a home run. Nelson Cruz won off the catwalks. Wander Franco was the best player on the field. But then you have him put the winning uh, would, would have been the go-ahead run in scoring position by skying the ball into the dugout, but it's okay because Kevin Kiermaier is going to bail him out. There was so much excitement in this series, and when it was 5-5 in the late innings, at that point, I was pretty much at, at peace. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I think kind of that it plays into that, well, we were down 5 nothing, and then it comes back. And with that, with that wander play what i did love about it was he skies it and yandy diaz just immediately goes over to him consoles him on the field says it's a hey it's okay and then kevin kiermeyer uh bails him out on a really really close play at uh third base which honestly if it had been called safe i you know i i don't think it would have been overturned but for the raise benefit this time it he was called out and uh call stood was uh, was not overturned yeah, I, I think he was out. I think his uh, mitt hovered over the glove for a split second while Yandy still had the tag. Yep, and I'm I think not that's sure, I but think, I think that's what it was. And I think that's a little bit of either redemption or payback, or I don't know how you want to look at it for that Manuel Margot uh, being tagged out at uh, trying to trying to steal second base in uh, Game Three. Yeah, um, Kiermaier though, I, what a great game he had last night. I mean, he came up big with the big double uh mm-hmm. could could have been more mm-hmm. um tonight had a had a two hit game with two doubles 
um, and had that incredible throw. Yeah, and I think we, you know, for all the Kiermaier uh, doubters, I think he really uh, proved uh, <laughs> proved those doubters wrong with a cannon of an arm and some amazing defensive plays, even early in the game. I think there was the uh, third, or no, the fourth inning where it was all three hits straight to Kiermaier. So um, yeah, for all he had a one, two, outs. three inning. <laughs> yeah, one, two, three inning. Yeah, <laughs> so um, some really great plays in the outfield the series for Kevin and really um, some welcome offense. Um, as well. So I think his um, his cockiness and his attitude about being the best defensive center fielder in baseball was very warranted this game. And you want, you want that, that, mm-hmm. that cockiness in those moments, you know, that ball again, I got kind of nervous for a second. Him and Randy were converging on the same fly ball that led to Verdugo being thrown out. Um, I think Evan Longoria just hit a home run, um, which is cool. I've seen a couple tweets about it. Um, so I, we are rooting for Evan Longoria now. I, yes. At least I think you yes. are, Jared. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm, I'm rooting for, for Evan Longoria. For really anybody but the Red Sox. <laughs> if it's, you know, if it's, uh, you know, if Willie and Willie and the Milwaukee Brewers make it against uh, Evan and the and the Giants, then I'll be rooting hardcore for one of those, uh, one of those guys to get a ring. Yeah. Um. Kevin Cameron, we're not gonna. This is not gonna be an off-season pod. We're instantly reacting. Uh, do you think this could have been his last game with the team? I don't have his contract off the. Off, He's got off one my- more year owed at twelve and a half million. I want to say. Don't quote me on that. And then another team option, which has got a two and a half million dollar buyout, or another year at twelve and a half million. And I mean, I think it. It wouldn't surprise me either way um, to see that. I think it would be. You know, especially with his performance recently in the in the postseason, I don't know if that boosts his trade value at all. Um, I think he is worth it at twelve million, just based on defense alone. But does you know the question is, you know, for the Rays, it's always that retooling. So is there an in-house replacement um, that is cheaper for for the Rays to reproduce that? I don't know, but I think that's a it's a definitely a possibility that we saw his last game as a Ray. Yeah, and, and if it is, what a what a last game to have. I hope he's back. Mm-hmm. I uh, I've been high on Kier Meyer um, this whole season, really most of his race career, while others aren't. And uh, I, think that's, I, I think that's a fair. Criticism yeah, I'm I'm I'm, w- well. I'm with you, and I think this year really he kind of uh, he kind of got his bat warm again. He wasn't a terrible hitter. He's learning to hit the other way, not into the shift. Um, so I think his bat woke up a little bit this year. But I've always been uh, a Kier Meyer defender. Um, let's let's move on and talk about again this some of the problems this series. Um, starting pitching guys that didn't need you know nobody was expected to pitch sixteen plus innings in this series. You know nobody was expected to even go twelve plus innings really in this series. You know two six inning starts. Um, but it, it was clear that the Rays could have maybe used one more starter. I'm not saying. Like obviously Tyler Glass now getting injured was not ever on the books. And with him, you feel a lot more comfortable about the team in this series. But the other one is Charlie Morton, who is a guy they they just declined his fifteen million dollar option to let him go pitch for another team. It is I think a very big glaring um mistake. Um, you know, kind of the elephant in the room of well, we had starting pitching run really thin. Um the whole season really uh and you know 
Charlie Morton has really an incredible record in elimination games. Um, and just letting him walk for $15 million, I think is uh, something that should be reflected on, but he would have been very welcome in the, in the rotation for this, for this playoff push, a veteran presence for a lot, a lot of the young guys too. Yeah. And you know, I'm not like going to knock on Drew Rasmussen or Shane Boz. Like Drew mm-hmm. Rasmussen wasn't even a starter. Not well, well after for him, I hired him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he had pitched, as a starter in the minors a little bit, and he'd been stretched out a little bit, but the, it took time for the Rays to really stretch him out. Uh, and then Shane Boz, um, he had three big league starts, and then you're asking him to start game two of the ALDS. Um, that's a big It's a very good Boston team, like against but, a very, a very, you know, Boston team that's been, that's gone to the World Series together before, gone to the yeah. World Series and won before. Right. Um, so a really experienced Boston team. I think it's asking a lot of the starting pitching. And and I, and I think I I wouldn't have been less confident in Shane Boz if he was if he got the ball tomorrow for Game Five. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be a lot more confident in him. I think he got a lot. He would have had a lot of those nerves out of his system. Um, ultimately, we'll we'll never know what would have happened. Um, that and then and then the two bats and we have to talk about. And I know these postseason narratives persist, um, but two bats that were well, let's let's start with Brandon Lau. Another zero for four night with three strikeouts. Did he have a hit this series? No. No. I think he um, went like 0 for 20, 0 for 21. And and I'll and I'll say this. I think Brandon Lau throughout the season was the Rays' best hitter. And I mm-hmm. don't think it was close. I mean, Wander Franco was just as good at the end of the year. Um, but Brandon Lau over the full course of the season was the Rays' best hitter. Which makes what happens in the postseason inexplicable. And the fact that it's happened back-to-back years... I'm really like at a loss for words there. Yeah, it, it took till game six of the World Series last year for his bat to finally figure it out and, and come alive. Um, but you know, it's it, it reminded me a lot of the run we made last year. Like you, you know, that questionable decision to pull Blake Snell in game six to go to Nick Anderson, who's been your best reliever. Um, and you know, it, Brandon Lau for the past two postseasons hasn't really shown up, but he's been your best hitter all season. How do you not put that bat in the lineup? You know, he got, he got you here. He had 39 home home runs and I think 99 RBIs on the season. So how do you not put that the best bat, even if he's struggling, because you know, he's going to fit, you know, once he figures it out, it's over, Um, you know? Um, And so it, it, I struggle with the, you know, not putting Brandon Lau in or maybe, you know, I thought it was interesting. He batted him third um, today. I thought, okay, maybe he batted him six with the lefty uh, Eduardo Rodriguez going on uh, for the Red Sox. So, but, um, but I think he, he got you, he got you to a hundred wins. He helped, he helped the team get to a hundred wins. How do you not have that bat in the lineup every day? Yeah, I mean, I think moving him down in the lineup is almost just as much a hit of his confidence as it was to yeah, see him struggle like that. And it's tough, you know. You can't make decisions based on three games, and it's really no. tough. And I'm, and I'm really happy the Rays have a manager that doesn't do things like that. Like, he knows his team very well, and he's not going to be swayed by media or by – the, the you know the crowd or by how, but one game goes or the other game goes um it, so yeah but but it is disappointing and it is i am almost starting to wonder 
Like, is there something like upstairs going on with Brandon Lyle? I'm not like trying to diagnose it with anything here, but I'm saying like no. it's it's still a very small sample size in the postseason for him, but at the same time it's not. Like nobody gets large sample sizes in the postseason. That's just not awarded to anyone except for like Derek Jeter and Mariano yeah. Rivera. Um I don't know. And I and I really like I said, it's inexplicable. Um the at bats just looked uncompetitive. And they did as well for Nelson Cruz, who was a disappointment, I think, this season. He's a free agent. Who knows if he'll be back? Um, but I wanted to say that I, I'm still happy they made that trade. Yeah, I mean, hindsight's, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know, like you, you, we were stoked when we acquired him because he was one of the best bats on the market. And we saw that as the Rays going for it, right, to get that big back in, bat in the lineup. Um, and I, th- I think I still make that trade, um, you know, 10 out of 10 times. I think that it's just one of those things where, like you said, not a huge postseason um, track record and the bats went, the bats went cold. And that's what, that's what we love and hate about the postseason, right? It's that the best team doesn't always make it through and it's, <laughs> it's kind of a crapshoot. And uh, unfortunately I think the, with the two, of the biggest impact bats. I think uh, other bats, obviously Randy Rosarena still really Mr. October um, in the postseason, but really those two big bats that we're really counting on when Brandon Lau and Nelson Cruz just didn't show up. And even Mike Zanino, you know, he can be really streaky sometimes too, but even him, I think he went one for 17 or two for two for 17 um, in the postseason where he, you know, had, didn't he have 30, I don't know off the top of my head, 32, 35 home runs um, on the season didn't make an impact. So you have three big bats in the lineup that helped you get there um, to the postseason that just all went cold at the same time. And that sucks. It is. And that's just, that's just how it goes. I mean, that's why we love it. Yeah, And and I said that I tweeted that out before we came on. (laughs) I was like this, this pain, this is what we sign up for. um, Especially in these five game series. And again, I'm not making excuses for the Rays. The Red Sox were the better team over four games. I don't think by a lot. Like I think mm-hmm. it was a very close series. I think that I think that games three and game four could have very well have gone into the Rays' favor. You know, um, yeah. And you know, we you know, I think it was very close. Especially you know, when you take a team to 13 innings in one game and then a tie game and then to the bottom of the ninth. You know, especially after being down five, five, nothing. And, uh, you know, it's just a coin flip sometimes. I think on the podcast yesterday, it said, you know, the the team that wins game three after splitting the first two, it's a 54% chance. It's still coin flip and just didn't, didn't flip in the, in the race way. But I I do believe that I think a big, big part of this postseason uh, loss in this early exit was, because of those those big bats just not not showing up because if Brandon Lau has a two for four game you know or or hits at any in, point yesterday or today yesterday or run, like yep it would have been a completely thing. different story but like like that eighth inning Randy Rosarena doubles and there's still nobody out and you have Wander Franco who did his part in more in this series mm-hmm. Brandon Lau and Nelson and, Cruz and, and those even, are the three guys you want those are the three <laughs> yeah. guys you want in that situation. And they just it just didn't deliver. Not and and even yeah, even if with all those struggles, those are the guys you want. 
and it just didn't happen. Um, and yeah, that's a disappointment. I am very up, and I don't want to like this to come off like we're just like writing this series off. Oh, I'm mad. Like yesterday's game, yeah. I didn't even after yesterday's game, I didn't want to watch baseball. I haven't looked at any other scores from you know the, the only update I have from outside of the Rays series was that Longoria home run. Like I don't even know what these what's happening. Like that always happens to me in the DS when the Rays are playing. I don't have the mental bandwidth to look at all these other series. Once it gets to the CS, you know, I'll keep an eye on the National League and the Rays have only made the CS twice. But like there's four series going on. I don't have it's not even about time. I don't have the mental energy to look at all these other series. Uh and, and this one was just so exhausting. But but at the end of the day, for a neutral, I, I think it was just had to be incredible drama. It it really was a dramatic series and you know, the Rays have been a part of now two back-to-back really memorable series. And I'm going to take that every day of the week, no matter what the, you know, matter what the heartbreaking outcomes, I'm going to take, uh, you know, being in it all the way up until the end um, and losing versus getting uh, blown out. <laughs> like in game two, <laughs> like if we had another game two, I would have been, I think more sad and, and disappointed, but I think, um, and I mean, I not, don't get me wrong. I'm very disappointed and I'm very sad, but I think it would have been exponentially worse if we had just gotten, uh, you know, steamrolled by by Boston uh, in the ALDS. But it's I still love the game. I'm still, um, you know, it's we, I saw a couple of tweets saying, you know, the Dodgers have gone to the postseason how many times and they've won once. Right. So and this is the start of a very young very talented core i mean wander franco is already making an impact has a pretty good bid for rookie of the year it's going to be randy but it has a great bid to challenge his own teammate for rookie of the year you have randy young core um of of pitchers who hopefully get use this postseason experience to um you know further the race playoff hopes for next year because that's all we can really do right now is just hope for hope for another chance at it yeah, and we'll, we'll briefly touch on that. I don't think, uh, uh, yeah, this is not going to be an off-season pod, but you look at this 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 lineup, this roster, and there's always going to be one or two or more moves that we're not expecting. Um, but at this point in time, you know, Randy Rosarena back, Wander Franco back, Brandon Lau back, Austin Meadows probably is, back. Is Brandon Lau back? I think Brandon Lau will be back. I, at that <laughs> I mean, but maybe it could be a move that shocks people. Yeah, I don't think, for the record, I don't think we would trade him because of his postseason performance. No, and I do, not. And I do believe that he is one of, if not the best hitter on our team. So I don't think he'll be traded, but the value and the trade offer might be too good to resist. We might see a Blake Snell type, you know, not type return, but just a Blake Snell right. type shocker of a trade. They'll take it, it needs to be an offer they can't refuse yeah. or one they're just really not expecting. Um, but you've also got like Vidal Bruhan and Taylor Walls, mm-hmm. and they at some point, like next year, are going to either need to be contributing to the Rays big league roster or probably someone else's. Yeah, um, it's going to be a lot, but there's so many, there's such a talented group. You're, you're without Tyler Glass now for a full year next year, but you have um, Yanni Chirinos coming back. Yes, you do. Um, you're you walk Michael Walker back to free agency. Um, Chris Archer back to free agency. You've got McClanahan and Boz, Ryan Yarbrough. You have to make a decision with Josh Fleming. Are these guys you want to take with you moving forward? You've got guys coming up still like Tommy Romero, amongst others. 
Um, there's a lot of question marks, but I think what you're trying to say is this window is still open for the yep. Rays. And as the, and I know a lot of people wanted to do it this year because the, it, it feels like this clock is ticking with the stadium saga and the flirting with Montreal. Um, we're still a few years away from anything happening there. The, the lease goes through 2027. I know the leases can change. Um, but moving forward, after we get through the pain of tonight and the pain of this postseason, the future is still very, very bright for this race team. Yeah, it, it really is, and there's a lot to be um, excited about. It, it just didn't end the way we wanted to, and it wasn't really, I think it wasn't the performance that we were, except for game one. Game one was amazing, but it really wasn't the performance that we were so used to seeing um, throughout this whole season. And, you know, it just it fell flat and that, and just was a disappointment really. I I didn't think we were going to steamroll Boston either, but uh, I wasn't expecting this. I, I was, I I had the race in four or five games. Yeah. And I don't know how much there is is to say this is, it's an instant reaction. So after I have time and we all have time to process a little bit, there'll be more off season podcasts. We'll, we'll touch on this series. We'll touch on this season as a whole which I won't rule as a success. Um, Getting back to the World Series, I think winning another pennant, it would have been a success for me, even if they didn't win at all. Uh, But it's definitely not a failure. You broke a franchise record in regular season wins. You're going to add a rookie of the year. uh, And you've got Wander Franco, who's already the best player on your team. You've got a young core. Like we said, the window is wide open. Um, Not a success but a very, very good season. It, it was a very, very good season. I think a lot of the, you know, a lot of the things and issues we saw earlier in the season, um, and I'm not trying to end on a negative note, but it's it's just a glaring kind of hole of like, man, it would have been so nice to have Charlie Morton for this season. And out of all the criticisms that you will see on Twitter, you will see on other Rays podcasts, yeah. on other on Rays sites, and even D-Rays Bay, I think decisions like that, the Charlie Morton decision, and, and we won't end on this, uh, but it was purely based on on money, right? The Blake, mm-hmm. Snell, the, the Blake Snell trade was made for a completely different reason. Blake Snell was only and, making $10 million a year. I think it, went, it was a little bit backloaded. The Charlie Morton decision was purely based on money, and it could have potentially hurt the Rays this postseason. It really could have. And I think another decision that was really interesting, and I don't know if it was because they value defense or Mike Zanino's relationship with the super young pitcher, we didn't see Francisco Mejia at all this yeah. series. And he, yeah. and he had a great and season. Just, and he had a great season. And he was a big, I think, for me, maybe he's just because I remember all of him and all of these clutch hits throughout the season. But I feel like he was a big reason why why we were here um, in this season. And just to see him not in the um, in the postseason at all kind of really was was strange, especially when you had a righty on righty and Mejia being a switch hitter. Um, you know, batting lefty in Fenway Park. It's just, we'll never know. We'll never know what happened. He could have had the same um, outs as Mike Zanino did, but um, just a really interesting decision to not play Francisco Mejia. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And I know like Mejia's, or not Mejia, um, who would it have been 
last year, Michael Perez. Michael Perez, yeah. Um, with, with the no off days. And Perez did hit a home run in the postseason last year. He went in San Diego. Um, with the no off days, and you're playing five straight games and then seven straight games, um, made things really tough this year with, with Zanino getting the off days. I know there were some matchups. Maybe Mejia works out better. I'm okay. I'm very okay with sticking with Zanino. Um, but yeah, I would have been. I feel bad a little bit for Mejia because he played such a huge role. One of the the key additions to to bringing this team um, to 100 wins. Um, this has been the in terms of the regular season the best three year stretch in franchise history, mm-hmm. and it's really hard for any franchise to put up a three year stretch like this. Going 96, then a 667 win percentage in a short season, and then 100 wins. It's a, it's incredibly difficult. Um, Mejia was a huge a key part of that. Um, so I feel a little bit bad for him, but but ultimately I think I also feel bad for Brett Phillips, who wasn't on the roster altogether. And again, he was mm-hmm. another really big part of this team. I know we talk about all the off the field stuff, but Brett Phillips, the baseball player, is still very good and would mm-hmm. be a, a starting center fielder for a lot of other teams. I think um, so. For him to to be left off the roster, I think is a bit of a I think it's a testament to the Rays' depth. Um, but yeah, it's this one hurts. You know, losing yep, to the Red Sox. Does. And it's to, and it's to the Red Sox too. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, you know, if it was the White Sox or even the Astros, it's been like, um, you know, whatever. But it's to a division rival. Um, you know, it just it sucks. <laughs> it sucks so bad. Yeah, it does. And it it I part of me like just didn't never expected the season to be over at this point in a yeah. month. Yeah, like I just I didn't think it was possible and baseball has a f- funny way of just putting humbling you putting you right mm-hmm. back in your place and, and you know maybe we weren't because we were like oh yeah for, you know first team to ever roll with three rookies and, and, a, yeah. and for the first three games we're like that's awesome and then may and then danny russell was like oh uh maybe <laughs> that's not a good idea so maybe you know maybe we were just a little too overconfident as well yeah well Jared, do you have any other final thoughts on on the on the series, the game, or the season? It was a fun season, um, a disappointing ending, but I, I'm excited for next year. Yeah, me too, me too. And it was a really fun season here on the D Rays Bay Podcast Network, doing Raise Your Voice. Uh, we just had a couple hit shows, some podcast specials for some instant reactions, like when the Nelson Cruz trade went down. We snuck in a few Who's on Worst episodes where we reviewed bad baseball movies. If you haven't checked that out, please do. It's great. Ashley and it's amazing. just do an incredible job with that. I am I am merely a passenger on that show. Uh, they they carry it, and it is incredible. Um, and then the D-Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series. We had guests lined up. We were ready to do this for a whole month. At the end, we got like five episodes in, um, but it was still a lot of fun. And I want to thank each and every one of you that that ever downloaded an episode this year or listened um, that interacted on the comment section or on Reddit or on Twitter or wherever, thank you very much. And and, and on DRaceBay.com, we're headed into the offseason, uh, which in some ways is even a busier time on the site really with the coverage. I know um, Darby and Lizzie did some the day, the game diary and the game recap today, and I've kind of glanced over them while we've been recording and they're worth a read. It's a cathartic read. Um, and you know, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. There's going to be more baseball, uh, next year. Well, there's gonna be more baseball this year. If you, I don't know if I have any, any energy to watch it, but there's going to be some exciting stuff. And, uh, yeah, I just want to, you know, once again, thank you to everyone 
for listening and uh, might take a little break here, but I'll talk to you soon in the off season. <laughs>